The, uh, the opening slide that we just saw there is about Christmas Eve in 1914, World War I. And on Christmas Eve of that year, it was a very strange quiet upon the battlefield compared to the usual artillery shelling, machine gun fire. The Western Front stretched for hundreds of miles. Some people are saying it actually stretched from the channel, not in a straight line all the way to the Alps. And soldiers would be hunkered down in man-made trenches miles long. Across the two opposing armies was an area called No Man's Land, which at points was so narrow between the two opposing armies, it was a mere hundred feet. German troops would stand armed and ready on their side. Belgium, English, French standing on the other side. The close proximity, sometimes you could actually hear the other soldiers talking in their trenches, and if they were fortunate enough to have something they could cook, to have a hot meal, you could actually smell what they were cooking. It was a brutal war. And the winter soldiers had to daily deal with the cold because of their poor uniforms, and so they had no real way of staying warm. Every square inch of the fortified trenches was engulfed in slimy, slippery mud, which led to constant cases of trench foot, which would lead to infection. If you didn't get out of the trench, it would lead to amputation. The irony is that with all the wetness that they were living in day after day, water was such a rare commodity that for personal hygiene, you were reduced to what you could have in a small canteen or whatever to shave, to bathe, or whatever. Warm food, almost non-existent. Eating cold food in a frigid environment just added to the misery of the soldiers. And moment by moment, each soldier lived in fear. If you raised up just enough, snipers on either side were constantly watching, and that might be your last moment. And the sadness is, is that it was a case, a moment in history where the tactics, if you will, had not kept up with the technology of war. So the, what seemed like mindless infantry charges, climbing out of a trench, charging toward an entrenched other opposition force in another trench, failed time and time again as it met new technologies such as barbed wire, chemical munitions, artillery, machine fire. Nighttime was when most of the raids were carried out and soldiers would climb out of the trenches and try to bob and weave to come into an endless maze of barbed wire as they were trying to overcome the other position of the enemy. These forays, as you can imagine, were met by machine gun fire, artillery, chemical rounds going off in the next morning as they time and time again would fall back to their original position, anyone that was left. They would see their comrades dead or dying beyond their reach in a smoldering, artillery-pocked landscape. No one could go out and help a comrade. No one could retrieve a fallen person. Trenches became trash dumps for the detritus of war, broken ammunition boxes, empty cartridges, torn uniforms, shattered helmets, soiled bandages, shrapnel, bone fragments. Slowly, these trenches to the soldiers became long graves. 
Who can even imagine what it was like? Who can begin to understand the sorrow, the sadness, the despair that they had to live in day after day after day as this war went on for four years? Who can begin to understand what it was like to every day have to face your mortality in such a place? The charges that they would do charging against the enemy, now in the eyes of history looking back, changed nothing on the military map. Virtually no ground was gained. And by the end of 1914, after just five months of fighting, the number of dead and wounded exceeded four million. On December 7th, 1914, Pope Benedict implored world leaders of the battling nations to call a simple Christmas truce. His request was simple. Could the guns fall silent, at least upon the night that the angels sang about the Savior's birth? The answer was no. No one listened. The Pope's plea went on until December 24th. The battles rage, ending in countless deaths. But on Christmas Eve, 1914, war-weary soldiers took the battlefield in a different direction themselves. Miraculously, that evening, the rain had stopped. And as a former infantry chaplain, I can tell you that's a tender mercy in itself, just not to be standing for hours in the rain, especially if it's cold. The rain stopped, and there was this beautiful moonlight and quiet evening. And there's different accounts of what happened on that night. Charles Brewer was a 19-year-old, and this dark and dangerous place that he found himself in was his first time away from home. And looking out across the body-strewn battlefield, he saw something strange over on the German side, and at first he was frightened because he thought it was perhaps a new weapon that they hadn't experienced yet. But the more he looked and gazed upon it, he suddenly realized it was a Christmas tree. No, no, it's Christmas trees on the other side, shining in the moonlight. Of course, a wave of nostalgia washed over him as it reminded him of home and the sweet memories he had of being there at Christmas time with his parents. Not long after Brewer spotted those Christmas trees, a German officer, Walter Kirchhoff, who used to be a tenor with the Berlin Opera, did something crazy radical. He positioned himself in the trench where he was exposed to the British troops, a suicidal move. And no soldier out there on the battlefield forgot what happened next. He began to sing with a booming, melodic, tenor voice, began to sing, and other soldiers joined in with him singing. Listen to the words that they suddenly heard on that battlefield.
At first, the British soldiers just were dumbfounded, and they didn't recognize the song, but then the more intently they listened, they recognized the tune, and then one by one, they also began to sing Silent Night, Holy Night in English. And on that quiet night, can you imagine anything more beautiful than hardened, freezing soldiers singing an old German Christmas carol of Christ in the middle of that war zone? But the miracle just continued on. In the dim light of the next morning, German troops began to climb out of their muddy trenches, advancing toward the Belgian, French, and British line. They walked without their weapons. Incredible that. And they shouted Merry Christmas in the best English that they could master. Some of them carried signs that said simply, You no shoot, we no shoot. And the Allied forces didn't shoot. Miraculously, they began to climb out of their trenches as well, heading toward former enemies in the middle of no man's land. Soldiers who had just a day earlier been trying to kill each other were now shaking hands, trading cigarettes, showing each other pictures of their families and their children, exchanging clothing, swapping sweets and chocolates. At one point, a German soldier wrote in his diary that a British soldier went back and produced a soccer ball or a makeshift soccer ball, and it was an instant reaction. Instantaneously, at least 100 men from opposing armies began kicking the ball around the battlefield, laughing like children as they did it. Other soldiers took the opportunity to walk through no man's land collecting the bodies of their fallen comrades, bringing them back toward their lines and stacking them so they could be later given a proper and an honorable burial. One British soldier who was a barber prior to the war and his enlistment actually set up a makeshift barber shop there in no man's land, began to offer free haircuts to both sides, any soldier that wanted it. In such a terrible place, a haircut probably felt like such a Luxury, what a kind act by this young man. All in all, it's estimated that 100,000 soldiers left their bullet-ridden, shell-pocked, sandbagged lines to observe a Christmas truce that the Pope had asked for earlier and nobody would listen, but they created themselves. Amazing, isn't it? To think it started with a well known Christmas carol called Silent Night, Holy Night. Now, what do you think started that? The tune or the lyrics? As beautiful as the music is, I don't think it was the musical tune. I gave the lyrics as they were singing the song that brought hope to them, caused them to have hope again, Cause them to want something different than what they were experiencing day by day. Cause them to put their weapons down to climb out of a trench and head toward an opposing army. I want to look as we do Christ in the Carol at some of the amazing worshipful lyrics that Father Joseph Moore wrote in 1816 and then with the help of a village organist, Franz Gruber, they put them to music for a Christmas Eve service on December 24th, 1818. The first stanza, silent night, holy night, 
all is calm, just like it was on that rare night in the battlefield. All is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Soldiers left those trenches because... As they sang, they collectively remembered that the Christ child was no ordinary child, that Mary's pregnancy was like no pregnancy of any woman in history, that the Holy Spirit, who according to Genesis chapter 1, had a part in the creation of the cosmos, used his powerful and mysterious creative ability to make sure that this virgin would become pregnant without a man, And it was all to fulfill the words of the prophet Isaiah, who 700 years before Christ was born, wrote and said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Mary's baby, which was conceived in the most miraculous way, was none other than Emmanuel, God with us. He was the God-man. He was Jesus. And he was, by definition then, holy. For God is holy, as it teaches in Leviticus 11. God says, I am the Lord, your God. Concentrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. Now, what should be the response when somebody realizes who that child is? It should be heartfelt worship. It should be spontaneous worship, just like you saw with early shepherds and others when they realized who that child was. Worship that will cause you to drop your anger, your hate, your fear, your destructive ways, and climb out of your man-made trench, head out into the open, where there is peace that only God can offer you in this life. And that is exactly what those World War I soldiers did. They paused, And with their singing and with their acts of kindness, they worship that holy infant who is God himself. Look at the second verse. As they sang this, they were reminded that Mary's baby was no ordinary baby because of how his birth was announced. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Summarizing what is there in the Gospel of Luke in his account, chapter 2, where it's familiar to many of us this time of year, but it's so succinctly registered there in that second stanza. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on peace, on earth, 
I'm sorry, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. No baby ever born of a man or woman had an announcement like that. Shepherds were invited by an angel to go and see the divine Messiah, the ultimate shepherd, Jesus, who was in Bethlehem. And the angel's glory, if you can imagine, it's a different dimension. As the angel's glory pierced this dimension that we live and we think sometimes is the all in all, but it's not the dimension where the Lord God dwells, where angelic beings minister around him. When that dimension burst and the glory of the angel was shown, they had to fall to the ground in worship and in fright. The glory of God emanating from God's dimension must have blinded them. The vast angelic multitude that suddenly appeared intersected with that of the shepherds. It had to leave the simple shepherd men dumbfounded on that night. The soldiers understood on this divinely designed moonlit evening. They understood that the Savior of the world had been born, and they stopped what they were doing. They stopped for a moment in time to worship and adore him. The third verse gives you all you need to know about why these men would stop fighting and embrace peace, even if it was just for a brief moment of time. Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face. With dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord at thy birth. Jesus, Lord at thy birth. On a battlefield where love was in short supply, where hatred and brutality was everywhere, these two warring factions realized the epitome of love was born on that first Christmas day, his name was Jesus. When you read the accounts of his life and his ministry, moments like taking his disciples to the Mount of Transfiguration where suddenly they saw him not as the suffering servant that he came to be here, but as the eternal God had talked about. He was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his garments became white as light. And the reaction of Peter, James, and John, the three disciples with him, is that they fell down and they worshipped him as the soldiers chose to also worship him with songs and acts of kindness and peace toward those that before they felt no peace toward or with. Don't you know, don't you know that the Lord was honored by that worship? Don't you know that just like the shepherds of old, that those men never forgot that Christmas Eve for the rest of their lives? What occurred in that far-flung battlefield 107 years ago can still occur today. In so many sad ways, we are divided into warring factions of people, and there is no lasting peace in sight. The warring nature of our Culture and other cultures, just a reflection of the sinful dysfunction and battles that occur starting in families, going on through society. Far too many casualties lie on the battlefield, ruined by people that seem to be overly zealous, mean-spirited. Far too many people 
like snipers, take constant verbal shots, trying to keep others at bay, trying to keep others grounded. Others pound the opposition with demonstrations, lawsuits, verbal barrages, or whatever. But there doesn't seem to be any peace. There doesn't even seem to be much civility, if any at all. What is needed this Christmas Eve on our battlefield that we live in? We need as a people to let the words of silent night, holy night, move us out of our man-made trenches. We need to realize that because of the birth of Christ, the Savior, there is a possibility, not just for a temporary peace like these poor men enjoyed, but for a permanent, eternal peace as sinners become saints at the moment they place their faith in Christ as a Savior who came to earth to suffer and die for them. The devil loves to destroy and divide. We all know his evil nature. The Lord of glory, the opposite of him, always wants to unite and create and give peace to all who will have the faith and the courage to climb out of the trench and follow him. Seems risky to do that, to give control of your life to another. There's no risk at all in the one who died for you following him. That bold step may prove to be the most important decision that you're going to make this Christmas season. I hope that there are some who are willing to leave the temporal safety of your own trench, your own digging, and walk toward the eternal safety that is found only in Jesus Christ. As this song that we'll sing, because we'll close our service with Silent Night here, it'll teach us about his birth. It teaches us about him. As we will close singing Silent Night, I long for some of you to just walk toward him in faith, the true child of Christmas, and gain new life forever. Let it begin this Christmas season. After we sing Silent Night as the band is coming back out here to lead us in that, then we'll just ask you to turn off your uh, candle, take it outside, leave it with the ushers out there, and that will end the formal portion of our Christmas Eve services here tonight. I want to thank all the volunteers for coming. I want to thank all of you for tuning in online or being here in person and sharing your Christmas and family time with us. And so let me say a prayer and then we'll close with silent night and go in the peace of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our peace. Thank you that you can save us from ourselves and from all the other evil. I pray that this Christmas season, that any that do not understand what it meant for you to come as that child in Bethlehem would grasp that a Savior has come, that there can never be better news than this. And that this night, this night, they will say, and I want him to be my savior. And just believe that it is that simple just to say it to you. This is what I want, Lord. Please dwell in me. Forgive me. Let me always be with you. Amen.